Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Elizabeth Reese. I'm Marjorie Punnett. And it's a miracle. This is Best to the Nest, the podcast that's all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. And I think we can start by saying we're sorry and thank you. Thank you for your patience. And we didn't mean to worry you. But, you know, we don't make a dollar off this podcast. We do it out of the goodness of our hearts. So when things start to implode, this has to be the thing that goes for a little bit. Apparently, this is what goes. And it wasn't with any intention. You know, all we did was take a very European hiatus. We took August off. That's the way I'm looking at it. Except we didn't communicate it very well. Sorry, guys, because we actually didn't realize it was happening until it was really in the middle of happening. Like the first week happened and then the second week happened. And then it, I think it's five weeks, Elizabeth. I know. But I, August has always been, especially when I was doing radio, you know this too, because you do it for television. August would always turn into sort of this black hole because of the Minnesota State Fair. It's wild. Which is, it's just, for those of you that have never been to the Minnesota State Fair, um, I know a lot of our listeners are in Minnesota, but if you're like in Ireland or you're somewhere else in the world, because we have li- listeners all over the world, go to the Minnesota State Fair. It's a thing. <laughs> I mean, it's super fun, but for broadcasters, it's absolutely exhausting because you broadcast every single day from the fair. And Ian and I used to do a four-hour show there. We used to do our two-hour, three-hour show there. And it's exhausting just getting in, getting out. It's crazy. I don't know how you do it with children. I I call it TV camping. I actually had my best fair ever this year. I had my best fair of my whole life. Yeah, I call it TV camping because it's just like you do TV, but it's and it's fun and it's different, but it's also just like kind of less convenient and it's more work and you're like kind of dirty and sweaty the whole time. But I didn't have any other television obligations besides Twin Cities Live and I had no radio obligations this year. And this was, I think, the first year ever that that's been the case. And so it was oh, really great. lovely. Like I had, oh, good. I had a little bit of time to just kind of soak it in, but, but yeah, then all of a sudden here we are. So we have lots to update you on and we're just going to like stream of consciousness update you all on all the things. And, um, and then we'll be coming up with plans for future episodes because the podcast is, is back. Don't fret. It's Don't back. worry. Mm-hmm. It's back. And you know, what's amazing is we did three years and never missed more than two weeks in a row for three years. Wow. And then it all, and then it all kind of, even when I had a baby, did that, did we do that? Wow. I don't know. Well, we would get guest hosts and we would, we, <laughs> it was not the, the two of us. We didn't even get guest hosts, but I will tell you, here's my August, Elizabeth. This is what happened to me. So. Yeah. You've I, really been the problem here. It hasn't even I, been me. I've been fine. <laughs> So I think I said this, the last people would have heard is, hey, I got into grad school. Yeah. It was the last thing I think I said. So I'd applied to grad school. I'd intended, I mean, I had started applying, I'd started writing my essay and my paper sometime in April. The deadline was August 1st. And I turned in my final part of the application on July 31st. Mm-hmm. So 
that mm-hmm. old news person in me, just give me the deadline and I'll go right up to it. Yeah. I got accepted two days later and then school started three weeks later. But, and I got accepted when I was in Chicago helping my sons move. I say helping them move. It's so dumb. Like I go up there just because I like to be a part of it. They don't need my help. But yeah, and Campbell there. has 50 items. That's it. <laughs> I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast yeah. before. He's like, hey, I'm going to move. Go, Here's one go. box. It was so amazing to watch that move. I went over to help him pack. It took an hour, an hour. Unreal. To pack up his apartment. Two people, one hour, done. I got to look up what number episode that is because if you guys missed the episode that we recorded with Marjorie's son, Campbell, about his uber minimalistic living Mm. style – it was it was one of my favorite conversations. It inspires it, me on the daily. And believe it, me, I have way more than 200 items, but it really is incredible. Well, that move was inspiring. He inspires me as well because we pack it up and then the next day, so my sons are moving, we're moving into an apartment together. So my older son comes with the U-Haul. Camel and I had already moved everything downstairs. He lives on the 16th floor of a high rise, moved everything downstairs. That took about 40 minutes. And then loading it onto the truck with two men and me, I just kind of sat there, took about 15 minutes. So how how does Campbell feel moving in with Gar? Because I think Gar's pretty minimalist, but he's not as extreme as Campbell, right? Well, here's the, here's the, the, the interesting part. It's Gar, Campbell, and Gar's girlfriend. Oh. The three of them live together. Oh, it's like three's company. It's like three's company and the cat. Of course, the cat. Yeah. So it's working beautifully. It was funny though, because the girlfriend, who I don't have her permission to use her name, but the girlfriend is so wonderful. And she's Mm -hmm. like, she has this beautiful bed that she just bought. And she's like, you know, Campbell, you can have it. I mean, it's beautiful, brand new mattress. He's like, no, thank you. And she's like, no, 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 I'll take it back. Like when all this doesn't, no, thank you. I'll take it back when all this doesn't work out. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. I'll just stay on my mat. He wants to stay on his Japanese sleeping mat and unroll it onto the floor. Floor. And I will tell you that mattress, not moving a mattress is the biggest pain in the ass. Oh, it's horrendous. Yeah. Gars has more things, but is also very minimalistic, but Mm -hmm. he has a mattress, Mm -hmm. he has a bed frame, he has a couch. And so that changes everything. So, but so, so I'm up there helping them when I get, it's, it's like August 11th when I get noticed that, Hey, you're starting next week. Because I had to start teacher training. So they do two weeks of sort of training you because I'm also teaching a writing class. So I was like home and in it. And then I got really, really, really sick, not COVID. In that, I got really, really sick. And then Elizabeth, on top of that, I got notification from where my mother's living that they can no longer care for her. This has been, I can't even imagine all this. This I would be crushed under the weight of all of this, Marjorie. This was in one week or two yeah. weeks, this is what was going on. So, so sick. I can't even tell you. Took 10 COVID tests, not COVID, just sick. Yeah. But and yeah. Oh gosh. So I'm trying to get through that. I'm trying to figure out, okay, they give us some options where my mom can go. I mean, this is sort of the thing people don't understand is that you can be in assisted living and she was in sort of the next level above assisted living. So the, okay. you know, there's all these pretty like apartments that they advertise like, hey, you can live an active life. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. And then there's the next level, which is, hey, your life's sort of winding down, oh, but we'll still take care of you. <laughs> the tone of the advertisement that you're delivering to us is 
really something. You, you should work in marketing for these places. <laughs> why, the why are you sell. going to grad school? That's the big sell. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be great, but okay. Dude, man, this is tough. Yeah, but then there's the next level, which is long-term health care, which is basically my mom has lost most of the use of her body. Mm. And so it's long-term health care where you're just being cared for. I mean- I couldn't even, even if I wanted to, I couldn't care for her because I can't move her. It takes two people to sort of take care of her. And so when that happened, that's when she couldn't live in the like next tier. Mm. She had to go to the next, and I say tear, tier, tier, the next tier. You got it. But they're like, it, she has to go like by Monday. And I'm like, I mean, I was not a happy camper. And you're the only one just, there because your sisters don't live in Manhattan, Kansas, no. where you live. No. And coincidentally, everybody, all the, the majority of the grandchildren and my sister and brother-in-law were coming down that weekend just to, to see her. Everybody mm-hmm. was coming. We were bringing all the grandkids, everybody, because we knew that the situation was called for it. So everybody was here. So we made it happen. But, but that was like, that's where my, like the, that's where I was buried under. And I think yeah. when, when we would sort of text each other, be like, Hey, can you do this? I'm like, no, I really can't. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was just so, so crazy. I think when I think about best to the nest, it's like every mother I know has these moments where everything piles oh. and you just can't, you just can't. And you think how, I, I mean, I literally in the middle of that felt like I was having a breakdown. Yeah. I mean, just crying, just, you know, all of the, because it's Did just, you have a panic too... attack? Because I feel like that's panic attack inducing. Yeah. I was having some trouble breathing. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just, it was just that like you just, and I know I'm not alone. I mean, my situation's particular to me. It just was the confluence of events is essentially I'm starting a new job mm-hmm. and then grad school is okay. The Punnett way. Let me, yeah, the pun away, but let me tell you how many words I write at the top of a page that I have no idea what they mean. I have been living with a very limited vocabulary for a very long time. So the reading is dense. And then, you know me, I'm super type A. It's like, okay, I can rise to this occasion. I can do this. But it's like all of that together. Like I said, I'm, I'm only saying my situation, but you know, we've talked about times in your life where you just think you're going to break or you mm-hmm. do break and you then break. you rebuild. Yeah. But that was my August. Oh, Marjorie. It was icky. It was really not a good August. I wonder, this is going to sound probably like entitled and naive and stupid, but this is a safe place. Go so I'm going to say it. But like, we've been discussing the cost of this long-term care. And mm-hmm. I just am like, what happens if you don't have any money to pay for this? I I just don't understand what happens to you. And well, how you, how you're cared for. Well, if you don't have any money and I am not an expert, so anybody can email and correct me. But I mean, if you don't have any money, this is where is it Medicaid yeah. would kick in. Okay. And so there are Medicaid nursing homes. There are, so this is where there is a net, but I, I think it's naive of me to say that everybody gets caught by that net. Right. I would be really surprised if everybody's sort of beautifully taken care of. This just I mean, my mom like is so difficult to navigate and then to pay yeah. for on top of it all. Well, and the thing is, is most, you know, many people don't, qu- 
qualify for Medicaid. So what happens is you just, you run down an estate. So mm-hmm. you pretty much all of my mother's money. Like everything she worked for and saved. Will go to, to end care. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, I don't, that's, she's well cared for. And I mean, the other option as well is, and we calculated this out is early on before, I mean, our first, we had the most hopeful, the most hopeful thing that could do is what we did is which we bought the house next door to ours. I could sort of be in and out. That was the Mm -hmm. ideal, right? Is that she could live independently and I could sort of pop in and out and check on her. Well, once she got here, I realized very quickly, she was not capable of living on her own. Right. I mean, it was just so clear. And then, and then that Titched into the assisted living, but to Elizabeth's point, and this is I'm not revealing anything that y- y'all couldn't Google, is you know her monthly care is seventy five hundred dollars a month. It's so expensive. And then we'll quickly now in assisted, the next level is going to go up to thirteen thousand a month. Man, so it's 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 daunting. Yeah, it's just daunting, and and sort of heartbreaking because I think of my mom who was a huge adventurer. Mm-hmm. Of I mean. This is a woman who like sailed down the Sepik River in New Guinea Whoa. when she was 65 or 66, like went on that trip, didn't do it by herself. I mean, she well, yeah. was not the captain of the boat, but went there and did that. She's been all over the world. She's been to China. She's been to every, she's been everywhere. Yeah. I mean, she's a very adventurous spirit. She and, worked think- in like corporate advertising in the seventies as a woman. That's an adventurous spirit. That sounds no kidding. terrible. And so I just think of her and I think about like, oh, what would, you know, she's aware of the money going out and we're all, we all just want her to be well cared for. So that's the key. But I think if I just know for me, she lived so frugally her whole life. Mm -hmm. I mean, she was able to take some of those trips because she transitioned into corporate travel. So she Mm -hmm. was basically a corporate travel agent. So she'd get all these really cool trips for nothing in some cases for minimal amounts in others, but it allowed her that she had a big map on her wall and she would put a pin in every place she had been. Wow. And I just think, but she would even do that frugally. And I just think I don't talk about the money with her because it's like, Oh, it would break her heart, you know, yeah. just break her heart in a way. So it's, it's what I, I always try and make my experience more general because I don't want this to be about me, but I would say to everybody who has parents who are still living these are very real conversations you need to be having. And there does come a point where it is unrealistic that you say, oh, you know, mom and dad, you can just come and live at home with me. Mm-hmm. Because that what requires, like in this case, if she came to live with me, we would have to have 24-7 nursing care, mm-hmm. which we did price it out. And it was about 150000 a year, <sighs> anywhere between one hundred and twenty, because you have to have three shifts. Well, yeah. And it it makes sense. I mean, even that actually, when you add up like what the worth of that person is that you're hiring seems right. low. Well, you think it just, if you think you're maybe hiring somebody for $50,000 a year. Sure. Which, you know, I was, I was getting additional help in the house and that was at $30 an hour. Mm-hmm. So it just, it's something to think about. I mean, your parents, your parents are so healthy and wonderful, but that's the thing is it can change. And I'm not saying this sounds like I'm saying this about your parents, but for any of you, my mom was fine. Yeah. She's 86 years old and fine and then fell. Right. And this started the spiral. Well, yeah, I know. I know we've worried about that. I mean, cause you know, my dad broke his ankle after I broke mine and, and they're, you know, he's been really great about getting back to health, but it does. I think I, it's interesting how it makes you even more, when I hear these stories from you, like hyper aware and just trying to do everything I can to set myself up 
for a like swift decline. Like I don't, you know, like how do I, and I don't really know how to do that or how to accomplish it, but like how to be really healthy and active. And then like, eh, let's make it like nine months of tough. Nine months is probably what I could get through. A year of difficulty is overwhelming to me, but nine months I think I can manage. And then I would like to just pass on. I mean, that, that idea, when you look at like, you know, now your mom had this fall. And so that's one thing. But when you look at people who, who the American lifestyle does not lend itself to a healthy old age, it lends itself to a a living a long life filled with chronic illness, if you follow like the standard American diet and all these types of things. And so, I mean, that is part of my mission is to just I guess I don't really have that much control over how long I live, but I would like to try to have control over how well I live. And that's what I'm going for. Yeah. And I think that's, and that's, it's just, you know, some of this is just, it's so complicated and it's so Mm -hmm. sad. And what I will say, and this is what's really interesting. And I, I don't know what will end this for my mother but I know she wants it to be done and I'm so sympathetic to that. And I try and listen and I talk to her and we talk a lot about death and we talk a lot about all of those issues. Um, We talk a lot about her life. I will say, I mean, the beauty of it has been, she has handled this with such grace. No, that's amazing. Yeah, it is. I mean, if I'd had to lay bets on how she might handle it and I love her, but I don't know that I could have handled it as well as she had. Mm-hmm. She's been nothing but really kind about it. You know, yeah. what what do you think we should do? What should I do next? And, you know, she's still of a, a, a sound mind for most of the day. I mean, mm-hmm. like a lot of the elderly sort of there's toward the end of the day, things can get a little confusing. But I, I just think that that's something else, that these are the conversations that you know, it's sort of, I remember when, when this happened to my mom, I, I said, you know, if you haven't recorded your parents, if you hadn't, if you hadn't gotten their stories down, do that. And I've had so many friends say to me, I did it. Oh. Did you go back and do it with your mom? And I said, I, it's too hard for me. I can't because it's not post fall. It's not this, the same. It's not the same. Yeah. And so I, I really didn't. And I kept wanting to, but it just, I, I didn't. But I, I'm so glad so many people sort of took that advice while their parents are healthy and happy and can tell the stories of the family. And I think my second sort of the addendum to that is have the hard conversation while they're happy and healthy. Like really what you, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. And on top of that, if they have an estate, go to a financial planner. I think there are better ways that we could have done this. But we just didn't get into the mix of her finances mm-hmm. because she was so healthy so independent. And, hers, and she had worked hard for it. Mm-hmm. And so we just, it was, it was hers. We didn't, we didn't talk about her money. And I think in retrospect, I think that was a mistake. I think there should have been some conversation about, Hey, if this happens, what should we do? But that's a good point. I, a lot of people, I wonder if they fear bringing up the money thing because they fear it looks like they're trying to get the money. Particularly if you have other siblings. So if it's like, oh, Marjorie, you're the one who brought up the money, then you must be the one who cares about getting the money. And and that gets very complicated with people. And I think, I don't know, if you can have siblings who are about at the same financial situation as you, that's a real good thing. (laughs) It's like, it's a real good thing or just, or just a family that can treat the money like a business. 
let's just be smart. Or not something that you're entitled to. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, there are certainly a lot of people out there and people listening because I've heard terrible stories of not my friends, but like my friend's parents and their siblings and the fights that have ensued when you particularly have like you have three siblings. So there's four of you. So if you have five or six siblings, there's a big age range of there and there's not necessarily the highest chance that everyone's going to be super close. And there's just a higher chance that everyone's going to be kind of in a different place. And there gets to be some nasty fights over everything. And then the care gets determined by, well, who thinks they're getting a big payday when this person dies? It's insane. Well, it's, it's very, as, as you've already said, it's really complicated. And I think the sooner you untangle that when you're not in crisis, I mean, I will say, gratefully, my sisters and I, the money is not the issue. We just want her to be cared for. It's, Mm -hmm. it's more that it's just really hard to watch. Mm -hmm. It's more that I don't think my mom would have wanted her entire estate to have gone this way. Right. That I I get. Yes. I I hear that. There could have been better financial planning on, on that in that way, but it was just a respect issue. You know, we were just trying to really respect. She earned it. She built it. It's hers. We don't feel entitled to it, but I don't think this is how she would have wanted it to go. And it would have been better to have these conversations when she was 100% fully, you know, fully engaged and could have made really, really clear decisions about what she was doing. And this is, this is something that should have happened probably even before she turned 80. Mm -hmm. You know, this is not something that should have happened five years ago. It should have happened probably in her seventies. There's even things like that though, of having those conversations about all sorts of things, even when you're younger. I mean, you know, like Jay and I, we've done our will and, um, and we like, I, I've been very clear. Like I would like, if I pass away, I would like to be cremated and he would like the same, you know, just those kinds of conversations where you can eliminate as many decisions Right. And you know exactly what that other person wants, even right. down to like understanding, okay, how much intervention of things do I want, you know, so that you don't have to have arguments later on. Right. Right. Oh man, Marjorie. Yeah. And I, I was not, we, as we said, we were just going to talk freeform. I was not intending to monopolize the whole podcast. Um, but that really tr- truly was my August. Well, yeah. And that's why I blamed you for the hiatus, Marjorie. So you have to take that blame. <laughs> that's what it. I need. It's more blame. <laughs> I need more blame. I no. need more heaped on me. No, you know Do what I this have is? A breakdown right here? <laughs> it isn't a great episode unless one of us sheds a tear or two, which happens on many did. episodes. I know it's, it's hard. I, you know, though, this is the thing, Marjorie, it's real life stuff. And I will, um, we always discuss on this podcast and are really transparent about, we're not ever trying to preach at you, Mm-mm, be no. your best at the nest. Where are, are you your best? Even though I do, Jay and I jokingly say that to each other all the time. Is this really your best? Are you feeling like this is your best at the nest right now? Um, but what it is, is it's a, it's a journey that we hope that we're all on together. And I certainly feel that because, you know, as we kind of circle back, to the initial part of this hiatus was the Minnesota State Fair and how many nesters come up to me and go, I'm a nester. I love nester. that. I'm a nester. It's the best thing. I love it so much. And then I like oh. clutch these people. Like I think kind of inappropriately because I just like, they say they're a nester and then I'm like, oh, I know what oh. kind of person you are. You're my people. And then it's just like a real big clutch. And yeah, um, maybe, maybe let go a little bit. <laughs> 
that I will work on letting that go. But that connection that we have to, to all of you listening is really deep and really real. And when there are times in life, when one of us is barely treading water, you're not, we are not thinking about being our best at the nest. We're trying to like not have the nest wash away in the river. And so I think you needing that time to sort of like figure it out is, is real life and it's justified and it's fine here. And we have always said to each other, even though we break that rule all the time, that this is like a no apology relationship where you don't have to say, Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm running late. Oh, I'm so sorry. This happened because this is what it is. Like we, we give what we can give with absolutely no, um, no judgment or, feeling, I don't know, well, I like think, you had a tech problem right before and I was like, all right, I'll just sit here until we yeah, figure yeah, it out. We'll it's fine. We'll be here. Um, yeah. I think what's, and I think what's interesting about how we set this up for ourselves. And I think there is a lesson in this for everybody is we love doing it. We love the connection. I mean, it makes me so happy when I was up in Minnesota in July, um, I was in the bathroom and two or three people came up and did the same thing. Yeah. I listened to best of the mess. I'm and it, it's like, I love the podcast. And it's it's so sweet and it's so important to us. And I think for the two of us, I think it's it's if we look at Best of the Nest as its own little nest, is we try really hard to give each other space to to cope mm-hmm. and to and to get through the things we need to get through. I mean, there is no shortage of of busyness in your life, which I which I know. It would do us no good if I kept you to a rigid schedule. <laughs> It's impossible. And I, I think that sort of that sort of grace and that sort of openness is also should be in, in families as well. Yeah, I, mean, I, think, I think that's so what too. keeps this chugging along. I think you're right. I will give one uh, a couple quick updates before we wrap up, Marjorie. Mm-hmm. We did not hire an au pair. Okay. Um, I've had several people ask me about this. We just could not. I could not connect with like the right person. It just wasn't happening. And then I did feel something holding me back consistently about having someone live with us and what that added responsibility for me would look like. Because it is one. And they would have to live up here in this very space where I'm recording this podcast and I don't know where I would have moved (laughs) my stuff. But um, so we ended up hiring a nanny and she has been amazing and having – a full-time consistent person has just been great. And what one kind of interesting thing about it was that she has a very calming energy about her. She's a very calm person, just the way she like approaches conversations and right. no one else in this house is like that. <laughs> it's really great. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Not one of you. Not a single person in this house has oh that. And so to have someone oh, come in every day that's what you need. with this just sort of peaceful vibe about them, I'm like, <laughs> this is unreal. Like, why, you live your life like this. Like, <laughs> let, me, let me talk to you a little bit more. I need to understand this. How is this humanly possible that you can be calm all the time? It's I don't just understand. really, it's just... Lovely. It's just every interaction um, is just so lovely. So that's been that's really wonderful. Great. And as we sort of like get to know her and kind of, um, you know, just sort of invite her into our family and she gets more comfortable, it's been nice to see that progression going on, which has been very good. Um, and it wasn't an act. It's true. No, it's She's true. It's calm. just really lovely. She's just oh, a really lovely great. person. And then, um, 
yeah. And then I'm settling in at work with my new co-host, which is going very well. And that's so fun. And to think that there was a time post ankle break and post Steve Patterson leaving Twin Cities Live when I was like, man, Mm. I don't know. I mean, these were the conversations I was having with my therapist, which was, am I going to be able to do this? Like, I got to take time here to figure out if this is what I can continue to do. And then, you know, you have your sort of like 40, I, I had turned 40 in there too. And Right. Had a third baby right before that. And so kind of going is like, what is what I'm doing sustainable? Is this going to work? And then, um, it's sort of interesting. It sort of reminds me of like a marriage or a relationship is, is sort of my relationship with the show, to be quite honest, because it's such like a personal, intimate connection. And to go, you can feel sort of bad about it, about things and then have like a new life come out of something. And that's really been exciting and fun. And you can fall in and out of love for sure. And sometimes it just takes identifying what you really need from yourself and from whatever, you know, external thing you're in that relationship with. And then really being clear about identifying that. And that's where the therapy really helped a lot. Really focusing on your boundaries and making sure that you've got the right boundaries in place so that you're not like muddied and reacting to things. And again, I mean, I think these things so apply to like my work, my work life and then my marriage life. Like these things have, as I've learned, these lessons have benefited both arenas. And then also just making a commitment and just choosing every day that I'm going to choose to do this and I'm going to choose to, um, to get the best out of it. And it's kind of amazing when the action precedes the feeling, you know, like right. you're looking for that feeling of fulfillment and love. Well, if you, if you just act like that, the feeling comes after not waiting for the feeling in order to achieve the action. That's an incredibly profound thing that I think is really hard for people to do because it requires, and this is where a therapist is really helpful. It requires being able to sort of line up your thoughts in that way. Mm-hmm. But you're exactly right. The active choice is, okay, I have chosen to do this now. Mm-hmm. So how am I going to do it to the best of my ability? How am I going to enjoy it the most that I could possibly enjoy it? And I think about the times in my life where I just sort of, that word muddy is, is where I just sort of muddied through things. Yeah. Yeah. That's and then, so good. and then when you don't, when you do something with such great clarity, the joy is so much more substantial. I mean, oh, it's, ding, 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 Marjorie, repeat that. I can't you do something with such clarity. The joy is that much more substantial. Did I say oh, that? Oh, see, you said it. It should go on a shirt. I just said it with like a little bit more oomph. It just came out of you. And then I made you stop and repeat it. There you go. My favorite thing is it. when you say the most profound things on this podcast and then I ask you to repeat it literally two seconds later and you can't remember what you've just said. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. That's why live radio was great for me. I love it. it. It's gone. Say I it, love it's it. gone. All right, Lini. This is good. This feels good. I know I do. This was a really good conversation and um, I'm happy that we're back. So don't fret, Nesters. We love you. And I'm sorry if I hug you too hard. I didn't yes. mean to. <laughs> She's going to work on boundaries. I'm going to work on and, that uh, boundary. Next time. Next time we take a five-week hiatus, we'll try and actually let you know that that's Shoot. what we're doing. I know. Right? We need a, we need a crew on this show, honestly. Yeah, I know. It's just you and me, darling. Just you and me. It's very just good. You uh, if you are enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Don't give us one star for our hiatus. We're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best of the Best. We are the podcast that brings you home.
to be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.